all a fugazi. You know what a fugazi is? No. Fugazi. It's a uh, fake. Yeah, fugazi, fugazi. It's a wazi, it's a woozy, it's a f fairy dust. It doesn't exist. It's never landed. It is no matter. It's not on the elemental chart. It, it's not fucking real. <laughs> right? All right? All right. <laughs> Stay with me. Mm -hmm. We don't create shit. We don't build anything. Well, you know what, Daniel? What? It's cra cracking one open for the working man. Are you cracking one open? Is this? I cracked one open. Is this? Is it too late? Wait, we're not. Yep. Well, I'm seltzer. Oh, you're. This is seltzer water. I was like, oh shit, I'm getting drunk. As soon as I hear that sound, no. I'm getting drunk. <laughs> Bro, this is my lime seltzer shit. You know what I'm about. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you're. Is that healthy? It's just water, basically. I'm looking at the nutrition's. It's you know serving cans, calories zero, protein zero, total sugar zero. That sounds like sodium a lie. zero, total fat zero. It's got it's literally just water with like the hint of flavor. What the fuck is it? It's just carbonated water and natural flavors, baby. Does flavor not have calories? Oh, this flavor it's so refreshing though. All right, I'm ready. Hello everyone, and welcome to this week. Well, sorry, this month's episode of Mex. Flentayo Supreme. Flentayo Supreme premiere. Flentayo Supreme or just episode 16. Because I think we're just going to keep that going. I feel like... It is... This the, would be episode 17. 17? Yeah. Okay. Well, wait, how? Because I thought last week was 15. No, last week was 16. Holy shit. So, like, here's my thinking, right? Doesn't matter if this is Patreon exclusive only. Because, first of all, it might go live anyways. Like, we may just think it's too good... We, we put it on Patreon for like a week or something, and then after that, we say we put it into the real world to let other people listen to it. It kind of depends on like how we're feeling about it. I want to do it because I feel like this is going to be a good episode, right? Yeah. I, we, we wanted to start with something casual, and then it turned into a big-ass <laughs> a, a, a big document. So we've been, we've been really wanting to do this. For a, like a Mex Flintayo bonus episode, Mex Flintayo Supreme, as we're calling it, for a while now. But our schedules, we've just been so busy, we haven't been able to find time to do it. And usually the chaos of getting one episode out a week is too crazy that we're just like, uh, we'll see, you know? I think doing one extra episode a month is a good idea. Well, like one or two. I want to do like two. I want like every other week we try to squeeze in another one. But this week felt perfect because yesterday... Our Patreon goal hit a milestone. Uh, we've been calling the MF, the listeners of the show MFers on the regular show. Mm -hmm. On like the, you know, but our Patreon supporters got $69 an episode. Nice. So they are the 69ers. Nice. How you like that? That is pretty good. Um, yeah. I, like as soon the as they donate, like, like uh, somebody backs it a, a dollar more. That name. Well, it doesn't matter nothing. at this point. Everybody, the originals are the 69ers. Everybody after this, you know, they're our beloved Patreon subscribers. But the OG 69ers are the 69ers. Okay. 
Okay. It's kind shout of a hard. Shout out to the 69ers. Yeah. You know who you are. Big shout out to the 69ers. We couldn't have made it this far without you. Last week on our show, we got shamed, Patreon shamed by... Uh, we we got Patreon humiliated. Well, it was funny because they came on and they were like talking, there's, oh, we got make more money than you on Patreon. First of all, we don't care. <laughs> yeah. We're in this for the love of the game. I listened to their episode and they, they were talking about it on that too. Why why are they counting our pockets right now? Why are they looking at our wallet? And just they were figuring... sending us pity money. I heard that shit. <laughs> that's so crazy like the thing is like listen we appreciate it because the more people donate to the patreon like the more we feel like oh we have to do this they sounded embarrassed for us we almost missed a week because the audio was so bad like luckily it came up late but we almost missed a week but i would have felt so bad because we get you know whatever money people are able to give us every week for patreon or like every month for patreon even if it's just like, like literally somebody donated like 70 cents and that's like super fine. You know, whatever you can do, whatever you can afford to help support the show. That's great. But we don't do tiers. We don't do anything. Like if you, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you're a Patreon subscriber. Yeah. We're not greedy capitalists that do like one episode every two weeks. And then like what? One special episode a month. Who's that? Is that them? That's gutter boys. Yeah. Yeah. No, we don't do that shit (laughs) because we're talking about two extra episodes on top of the one a week. Yeah. And ideally we can either bring on a guest that if they don't want to be on the main show because they want to like get, you know, some shit off their chest or whatever, but those are going to be kind of exclusive to this. This week might be the, uh, the exception to the rule. Why? Because some shit happened. Yeah. This is like an emergency podcast. It's almost like an emergency podcast. Of course, what we're talking about, the huge major epic news that blue beetle is getting made into a motion major picture we we brought it forth with with the previous podcast where we were answering questions nobody was thinking about blue beetle nobody was talking about (laughs) blue beetle people were like where's like how come people don't care about blue beetle and we were just like yeah i don't know and we we kind of got into it like i love blue beetle Mm -hmm. and so they announced of course that who's the guy like do you remember his name (laughs) Angel Manuel Soto. It's always a Manuel, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it's always a fucking Manuel, but I will say <laughs> I'm kind of on this guy's side. Are you on his side? Uh, he's an island man. He's a man from the island. He's not like... So here's my problem. Is he is an island man. He's a man from the island. <laughs> <laughs> no, I absolutely... No, this is me uh, t- taking sides with my people in this case. Here's... Here's I understand that he split. fucked Here's up, our that first this is grudge. fucked up. You, what'd you say? Say I, it again. I, no, that I understand that this is kind of fucked up, and I slightly apologize. <laughs> Here's the thing. Blue Beetle, Jaime Reyes, is a Mexican character. They made a really big point about that. Mexican-American, it's a huge point. It's so much of a point that they're like, a Latinx, you know, superhero. DC's first, first of all, not the first. Because they already had a Mexican superhero. His name was El Diablo. Just because you killed him doesn't make him less valid. That's first of all. But like, the central part of the character is that he's from El Paso. It's like him being Mexican-American was a major deal for him. Yeah, like that so desert now for aesthetic. Warner, for Warner to be like, we got a director, a Latinx director. It's like, oh, great. So who'd you get? And they're just like, 
first of all, some dude we've never heard of. Which, you <laughs> yeah, know, I, I literally never him. heard of him. I'm so happy for him just because he's Puerto Rican. <laughs> But I never. But heard every of him. picture of him looks like he's just like a daddy Yankee, like pit bull. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, no, he's got flow. He's got way too much flow. No, not those guys. What are the new guys? The Bad yeah. Bunny type dudes. But absolutely no connection to Mexico, Mexican culture in any way. Yeah, I I did see that a lot of people were. It's funny how it's funny how this shit works though. Where like everybody was like on Twitter saying. We need to have the kid from Karate Kid be the the new like Blue Beetle. I'm I, I like I like Cobra Kai. I, I, I like the series. I like the kid. So the everybody said we needs to be that kid and that kid like, you know, engaging it, this dude did. And it's like but what's funny about this one though, by the way, is there's no hype behind it. You really had to go looking to see that they even announced a fucking movie. Like I did, did you feel like it landed kind of with a dud? Um, did you hear about it or did I tell you about it? I heard about it. Okay. Um, because because I did me about like, it. It you, you might have posted it in our chat, and I was like, oh, what? Yeah, yeah. Because I hear about it because anytime any Puerto Rican does anything, it'll show up yeah. on my Facebook. <laughs> you guys all break out the horns and like yeah we we really celebrate this shit even when it's fucking lima and miranda will be celebrating that like not me but uh the, yeah the the social media will be and i literally just found out about this dude because of that yeah so this dude he did a show called charm city kings for warner brothers so that he was in the pipeline or no Ch- well charm city Kings was on hbo my bad it, it is Warner Brothers. It's it's a whole right. thing. It's Warner now. Entertainment. And then th- apparently the person writing it did the upcoming Scarface remake and uh, wrote Miss Bala. So, you know, they, they, they really they really want to make a, a, a point to get into the Latino, the Latinx market. So I almost mm-hmm. said Latino, the Latin, the Latinx market. And I say, you know, welcome. Like, why would I why would I turn them away? Sure, sure. But at the same time. Come on, man. Come on, man. What <laughs> are you doing? I, no, I completely, I 100% would agree with you if I was Mexican, but I'm Puerto Rican, and now that's my <laughs> job. Now that's our job. I, I hope, well, I, I, th- I want to get in contact with this dude, see if I can take some kind of uh, Mexican uh, illustrator's job on set. <laughs> it's just, it, this shit is so transparent and corny to me, man. Like, yeah, they, they don't care. Like, like the, the, H- HBO or WB or, or whoever is behind making this decision cannot tell this dude apart from a Mexican. No. To them, that, that, that culture, which, like, would absolutely repulse most Mexicans, the, mm-hmm. the you know, Daddy Yankee, your guys' whole thing, like, the way you have that. Yeah, the, I mean, the feeling's mutual. Let's just... <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I see some like Norteño music or something, I'm like, Jesus Christ. The only thing that we may have in common is the Edgar haircut. You know that do you do you know what that is? Um, sort of. Uh, it's like a it's like kinda like a bowl cut for for Mexicans. Yes, like yes, young. yes. One hundred percent. We we got the we got the cacos over here, which are which is what we call our it, it's kinda like if when a when a when a person who's like not black goes to a black barber <laughs> and they give him like the lineup yep. and the fade. It's like literally that, but with non-black hair, so it looks weird. Yeah. It, it and um, the the sort of like uh, it it ends up looking like uh, like a sort of like a native haircut. <laughs> it, yeah, it looks kind of like a native haircut. It looks kind of like the little kid from Toy Story. 
I mean, listen, if they make Jaime Reyes an Edgar and he's <laughs> he's just like, you know, just trapping off the set, I would love it. Yes. I would love it. Yeah. I don't think he, I don't think they will. I think it's going to be very cloying, going to pander and it's going to annoy me, but I will, you know, I will appreciate it. I will respect it and I will be happy for whatever sort of Brazilian, Argentinian, <laughs> gets to draw the comic, gets to write the comic based, maybe a Puerto Rican. Yeah, no. They're, like, they're... They won't have Mexican-American talent ever on nope. these books. And we're just going to be guessing. We're just going to be guessing as to what Mexican culture <laughs> is. They, they they made, a you know, the new Wonder Woman girl Brazilian, even though I had been saying, make her Mexican, she's Mexican, you know? And they made her Brazilian. It's all good. It's all love. It's all peace and love. However, what the fuck? it's like i don't want to see that shit and then they get you know a white woman in portland to design her and it's like yep why not just get a brazilian or whatever you know it's like yep i don't know the shit is just so artificial you know speaking of puerto rico speaking of puerto rican excellence as as much as yeah as as much as you you want to shit on us for stealing your your movies and your books and and everything there's there's been a lot going on over here I got love for the Puerto Rican people, but one of the things that uh, also spurned this episode was last week we talked to the Gutter Boys, and you told me something that like kind of broke my brain while we were recording. <laughs> yeah, I dropped it in the middle of the episode. My bad. You're yeah, it kind of broke my brain because, as you know, I'm a, a vociferous consumer of YouTube culture, influencer culture. I need to know what's young, what's hip, what's fresh. Honestly, I didn't know you were like a Paul head. (laughs) I am. I can tell you all about Greg Paul. I can tell you all about just the whole clan. But he, you announced that he was moving to Puerto Rico, which I think at that point it had just broke when we recorded. Yeah, it might have been. It might have. I might have started seeing links about it like a day before. And again, again, this is something like as soon as as soon as Puerto Rico came into the news. Like it was all yeah. over the like the Facebook. They sound an alarm on the island that people are noticing <laughs> Puerto Rico exists, and they're just like, you know, Greg, run to your keyboards, Daniel. Yeah, no, it was like emergency white dude coming, coming. So we talked about it before, and you'd mentioned that there was a guy named Brock something. I said Brock something. Yeah, you said Brock something, and I was like, oh, interesting. And I just kind of filed it away. Like, I got to dig more into that later. But I can't do it while we're talking to Cam and JB because they just want to make jokes about, you know, whatever the fuck they're talking about. They just want to talk about, like, some indie comic that came out, like, two years ago that's getting a new ash can repressing. It's like, bro, (laughs) repressing? It's a comic book. But, you know, they're into that whole thing. I love them for it. It's not my thing, but it's whatever. Anyways, I couldn't get into it in that moment. So I, this morning messaged you because i've been hearing about it and then some other stuff came up and it just was all tying together i was basically in my head while i was sleeping just drawing strings on like a cork board yeah you were like in the center of the storm i was like daniel you want to record today i got some stuff i want to talk about and you were like yeah yeah we could do it later i'm like perfect and then you said we should set up a like a a document a google document it, it was it was originally gonna be a good idea but i feel like this made <laughs> this made things worse <laughs> like i suggested you said- that you organize your ideas which is like i don't know if you work like this usually <laughs> but i just gave you like uh, uh permission to go insane well no here's the thing is i would have done this anyways but mm-hmm. you wouldn't have seen the process mm-hmm. so i set up a i set up a google document 
And for the next like two hours, you just saw my mind at work where like just a piece of text would appear, a new link, something. And then like maybe 20 minutes later, it would, I would go back and then read the other article. And then like, you would just see it like my, my thought process taking form. It was in real in real time development of this episode. Yeah, you said it was the like listeners. the beautiful mind. Yeah, yeah, it was like <laughs> it was like uh, uh, these uh, all of these like sequences where the main character, like maybe it's like Sherlock, like everything slows down and they're looking around and you see formulas and they're connecting uh, subjects in like the mind space. So without too much build up, we're going to talk about crypto today. The crypto paradise. A crypto paradise. You had mentioned that Logan Paul has, is going to move to. Sorry, where is he moving? Puerto Rico. He's moving to Dorado. Dorado, which is honestly like kind of ridiculous. How uh, I guess appropriate the the name of that uh town is. Yeah, it's just Why? gold. Gold. Yeah, like El Dorado. It's just golden, mm-hmm. golden city. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is It is kind of shockingly appropriate. But to get some backstory into this, I looked up an article from the New York Times from like a few years ago. It was from 2018. It was written by... Who's, who wrote this shit? It was written by Nellie Bowles. Shout out Nellie Bowles. It basically talks about this influx of white millionaire like dudes, almost exclusively dudes. And they, were, they wanted to build what they were calling the Puertopia. Which is a ridiculous name. It's a ridiculous name because it roughly translates in Latin to the eternal boy playground. I, and I don't believe that either. I think somebody Why might have Why don't you been, believe that? I, I think somebody might have been fucking with them. Because I, I, Puerto is just port. It's, it's port in, in any language. I don't, I don't know where they get eternal boy or playground. I think they might have been fucking with him, and he was like, "Oh, well, that I guess I'll change it to salt." Like, like we fuck yeah. with white people like that all the time. Like, so they said they're going to change it to soul, and then they were going to move there to build a paradise where they could all live and buy up giant plots of land, make cities that were completely regulated, completely controlled via blockchain, mm-hmm. and it was going to be basically like a digital forefront of like society but mainly the reason why is because of the tax laws where they could go to puerto rico not renounce american citizenship you know still like come back and forth between the states and the island and then only contribute i think like i think they get to keep like 96 percent of their income something like that yeah um do you want me to give you a little bit of background on that yeah yeah if you have it um okay um, I'm quoting also from like a GQ article. I mentioned the GQ article in the in the previous episode, but I actually like sure cracked it out and started uh uh reading through it a little bit uh further. But um, there's these two specific acts: Act Twenty and Act Twenty Two. Okay. Uh, uh, Act Twenty allows corporations that export services from the island to pay only four percent tax. Act 22 goes much further. It makes Puerto Rico the only place on U.S. soil where personal income from capital gains, interest, and dividends are untaxed. You know, there is one problem, though, for like Logan Paul and some of these people that are moving there now. What? Is that you have to live there for almost like 10 years for that to apply. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are lawyers involved to make sure that this doesn't happen. Like, I'm sure, I'm 100% sure that there is somebody who's like facilitating this so that the Logan Paul doofuses don't do that. But in theory, 
like Puerto Rico has tried to set up things so that they don't that they that they aren't cannibalized like this, or at least they did at one um, point. Because I saw a thing where it said you mm-hmm. couldn't do that, and also I read I saw a thing that said no, like if you if you got that money here, you would still get taxed on it here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You mean you mean the money in the states you would get it taxed in the states? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like I said, like I I'm sure by this point in the process, like because this was a couple years ago. I'm sure at this point in the process, like they've completely gotten rid of those guardrails. Yeah, uh, uh, all I'm all I'm seeing here is that in order to qualify for Act 22, individuals must prove to the IRS that they have become bona fide residents of Puerto Rico without, in parentheses, close contact or in quotes, without close contacts on the mainland. On the mainland, like most Puerto Ricans are not eligible for the exemption. And yeah, like right. Well, that's interesting because uh, we'll talk about it. I think late. Well, we'll just say it now. But um, there are, there are people on the island who tried to start a blockchain, uh, like try to start their own crypto, like maybe saying that they could take advantage of some of this like shit. But even by the regulations that they set up, like the Puerto Rican government, and uh, they're just at a disadvantage because anybody coming in, they have all this capital that they're mm-hmm. bringing with them to do this. Anybody who's on the island doesn't have the energy resources yeah. to run blockchain, to do cryptocurrency, to have, like, any kind of fucking digital money that is, like, you know, unique to the island. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You would have to you would have to have it built outside and come in. Yeah, you would have to have the capital that these people have to even start. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not like people haven't tried there, which is one of the things that really gets me is all these people that talk about it. They talk about like, you know, if you if you want to like build yourself and you work hard and like do your grind, you can make all this fucking money and do all this shit. Th- like in their mind, they're so ingrained that the meritocracy is real that any advantages that they have are like anybody has access to these. You know what I mean? Like anybody anybody can do this. Like you don't have to be Logan Paul. You don't have to like have what he had in in like the states in his before mind before he in his mind, he came from nothing. In reality, his parents were rich and he had access to like digital cameras and, you know, Pokemon cards and like just little things that even just a, a middle class American in, you know, the 2000s that they would think is like bare bones in Puerto Rico is not the, mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. In America is not that way. You know what I mean? Like most places in America or like like the amount of poverty in America now most kids coming up now wouldn't have access to that like level of wealth as like a Logan Paul. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. I want to talk a little bit more about Yeah, let's talk about Brock that. and his poor his soul. So, there was a famous like we there's been a plenty of of uh hurricanes that have hit the island. Yeah, Maria's been the big one. And it was it they talk about in this article um Haley Miner, a founder of the new site CNET, who is also moving a new blockchain company called VideoCoin to Puerto Rico. She said this, what's happened here is the perfect storm. <laughs> was that a perfect storm for you guys over there? It uh, it was a, a five out of five storm. <laughs> she said, while it was really bad for the people of Puerto Rico, in the long term, it's a godsend if people look past that. Yeah, if you can look past the pain and suffering, yeah. the horrible conditions that people on the island lived in after the storm, the deaths, the un like the untold amount of death that took place after that fucking storm, and it's a godsend for who? Well, there, I yeah, that's the thing is like, 
in this article and in some of the other stuff that I looked at, there was all these people that were talking about the paradise that they were going to build there. And then they laugh at the idea that they're like neo-colonialists. Like I put a clip in there. I don't know if you watched it where at later in the podcast, Logan Paul announces that he moved to Puerto Rico. They look at criticisms from Puerto Ricans on Twitter. And one of them calls him a neo-colonialist. What you got? I just love this one <laughs> just because it's, it's some virtue virtue signaling fuck stick on Twitter. That just sent this ridiculous <laughs> Logan Paul moving to Puerto Rico in order to benefit from the tax breaks and tax exemptions whilst fucking over the housing market and promoting neo-colonialism. <laughs> like, bro, he said neo-colonialism. And is that yeah, him? Bro, is that zoom in him? on his face. Does this look like the face of a neo neo-colonist? Are you fucking shit, bro? But don't you understand that what you're planning on doing is moving into the island so that you could start theoretically a new family to create a new culture that would supplant the one that's already there? Like you think that you would just coexist with the islanders? Like you don't have any intention of coexisting with the island. And there's no there's there's no way to the power dynamics are so imbalanced that there is no way to strike up a natural friendship. Or anything like that with somebody like him and and he would obviously be in a sort of uh uh gated sheltered community where he would probably like 90 percent of the time only be interacting with these other crypto bros yeah there's an there's another another crypto bro who's also moving to puerto rico uh mr clemenson i can't i don't know his first name but he's i, I didn't i don't have the article up right here mm-hmm. he's the co-founder of lottery.com and he says We're benevolent capitalists building a benevolent economy. Puerto Rico has been this hidden gem, this enchanted island that's been consistently overlooked and mistreated. Maybe 500 years later, we can make it right. I I had to highlight because of how, like, offensive that statement was. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like that this guy with his, like, uh, Christ-like benevolent capitalism would somehow... uh, undo all the wrongs of all of colonialism like the the genocide of the taino people the enslavement of of the african population that this is what's gonna do it so at the time this article was written clemenson and like a bunch of these other like white tech dudes they were all living in a well not i think not all white but mostly white tech dudes they were all living in a hotel called the the monastery and the idea was since they couldn't like just go there and buy the land outright, they just all kind of set up camp at this luxury resort hotel and they just walked around it like they were kings. Like just setting up the infrastructure so that a few years later, now, mm-hmm. they can just convince everybody that's making a little bit of money off of, you know, Bitcoin to just move out there with them. And again, what is the end goal here? Is it to build infrastructure that would help the people there? It's strictly to build their own wealth. And like Logan Paul in the thing that I watched, he said he would plan to move back and forth between the island and the states like six months a year. Like, what does he think? What does he think that that would mean? Like every time he comes back for six months, the people there would just live to I'm trying to think of the right f- phrasing for it, but basically just to serve him. Right. Like it, there, there, there's no other like 
word for it, I think. <laughs> um, it would just be like the people there are living in servitude of these fucking rich assholes who want to like create an island paradise for themselves because the reason why they all are saying that they're going there is because they don't want to fucking pay taxes. Yeah, it's exclusively to preserve their wealth. And like pay taxes again because they've earned this money doing what? Buying and selling fucking crypto. <laughs> Like, they have not done anything. They have not done any work. They have not made anything that, that is, like, hard work. They're not fucking in the fields. They're not fucking... I think you're, I think you're being a little bit harsh on, on Logan Paul, who's given us uh, important moments in internet history, like visiting uh, the Japanese suicide forest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Was a, that was a traumatic experience for him. Yeah, well, I mean, that that really just perfect moment that sort of encapsulated what is wrong with a lot of these people, but him specifically, and colonialists in general, yes. right, is that they don't value human life. Yeah. To he, them, he goes to the Japanese suicide forest, he he gets to go there as a fucking tourist, there, and the whole Pikachu reason is hat. like, ooh, this is spooky content, right? Mm-hmm. And before he went there, he was running around Japan like an asshole, like throwing Pokeballs at people. Fucking Gaijin motherfucker. Buying squid from like uh, fish markets and like throwing it on the ground. He went into like this like retro gaming store, bought an old Game Boy and smashed it in front of the person who sold it to him. Like he does, he was doing so much disrespectful shit and like acknowledging that the culture is about respect and then like screaming in the middle of the street like an animal because it's like epic to be to be white basically <laughs> like there's no other way around it like i don't i hate doing identity politics and playing that shit but mm -hmm. that's what it was mm -hmm. like that's what he did and when he went to japan when he went to that forest he didn't think about if he saw a dead body what the ramifications for that would be he, he uploaded the video it was like a weird thing that reframed somebody else's death about how it affected him. And he got to move on with his life. He had, to, he did a little apology. He lost some money from like YouTube that he was making garbage, like sitcoms or whatever. Yeah. YouTube gave him a little slap in the wrist. And then he started up a podcast where he got to like reframe who he was as a person. And like, I've listened to a few of those episodes. You know, like I said, I'm a rabid consumer of like fuckhead content. <laughs> Which is why I love comic books so much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but he was doing this stuff and sort of trying to recontextualize his, himself as like kind of a, a thinking man's Logan Paul. <laughs> a thinking man's Paul. Yeah. Well, because like you think about it, when he was doing all that shit, his audience was, was growing up and they were phasing out of buying his bullshit. But now they're teenagers. So he had to like develop a little bit with them. And it's sort of like when you see a lot of these like idiot comedians where they want to be taken seriously for their thoughts, but they get to fall back on like, but I'm just a comedian, you know, like you can't take me saying that I would vote for Trump or whatever serious because I'm just a comedian. I'm just making a joke. But like he would do that where he would like sit, have some fucking idiot thought and then say, but I'm just a podcaster. I'm just a YouTuber. So, like you know, I don't want to be held accountable. He just keeps pushing the boundaries of like, <laughs> like how much you can just write off as like, yeah, this is just a, a dude who's like young being an idiot, right? He's he's made a career out of being uh, dumb about not knowing yeah. much about anything except I guess Pokemon cards and, and crypto, which are things that are both completely foreign to me. Yeah, so Matt Clemenson, Stephen Morris, they are two of the guys who are like living in... Puerto Rico as like Bitcoin millionaire gods or whatever. 
Yeah. And but there was one guy specifically that was leading the movement. Yeah, he and that's kind the, of stood the out. That, the one that you pointed out on the last episode as like a key figure who I didn't know too much about, but I've I've known of him my whole life because he was a child <laughs> actor <laughs> named Brock Pierce, known known pretty much only for playing young Gordon Bombay in like the first ten seconds of the Mighty Ducks movie, mm-hmm. a classic role. But that character was always like, look at this pussy. <laughs> like, he failed. He was, he was known as a failure. If not for this kid being so bad at hockey, Gordon Bombay would have never had to be a Mighty Duck. I feel like he played a rich child in something else. Oh, he was also in like, he was a president's like son in a movie with Sinbad. Oh. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the movie. Isn't that first kid? Yeah, first kid. He was the kid in first kid. Oh my god. God, I hated that kid. I thought Sinbad should have just let him get kidnapped. (laughs) Fucking Sinbad, you ruined it again. So this kid, Brock Pierce, he made his money, it says, as a professional gamer, mining and and trading gold in the video game World of Warcraft, in an effort partly funded by Steve Bannon, the former Trump super uh, advisor. Wild. Wild and connections he's been, here. He's a controversial figure because he's been previously sued for fraud and among other things. Now, this guy you pointed out is like running around with Logan Paul. I couldn't find too much information about that. I got to be honest. Um, I, 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 didn't, I didn't say that he was running around with Logan Paul. I, I It's more that he's been running around the island doing this okay. crypto shit in different corners of the island. Um, uh, in Rincón, over here on the west side, he was uh trying to um uh, incentivize which is like a, a nice word for like pressure businesses to accept crypto yeah there's a couple of like uh mini documentaries about it as well um and i'm i'm just assuming that these two people are going to be linking up uh, <laughs> Im- immediately because it... well here's the thing even though i couldn't find it i don't think you're wrong though like because he is like an epic dude in like the he's basically like um if andrew yang was even more evil like he's he's basically occupying that space mm-hmm. on youtube right now like or or among influencers because i did see that there was a not logan paul but there is another tiktok influencer named bryce hall and he's he's just a TikToker. He's just known for doing little dances or whatever. But he said that Brock Pierce was one of his idols. And like Bryce Hall is absolutely like in the same social circle as Logan Paul. I could draw you the map. I could link them like Kevin Bacon seven, <laughs> you know. There's there's like a like a family tree of these assholes. Yeah, but I feel like I've already on this podcast shown what a psychopath I am. That I don't want to tell you how one seventeen-year-old knows like a twenty-five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I, I I believe you, and I I feel like in these uh, circles, in this type of media that you're talking about, uh, it it's it's a bit of a closed uh, group amongst themselves. Like you'll like how many rich asshole white dudes are there? Like they can probably like link easily yeah well like i said i i could i could draw you the map but i don't want to on the show no like, yeah let's... it would it would be revealing what a true lunatic i am <laughs> but 
Just take my word for it. I believe you. I believe you. It's all the same culture. It's all L.A. douchebag fucking date rapist dudes. Yes. Like, it's not... TikTok and YouTubers are not too disseparate, you know? So anyways, this guy, Brock Pierce, he made his money by somehow being funded by Steve Bannon to play World of Warcraft. Strange. Was in First Son and the Mighty Ducks playing a young pussy in both movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and uh, now he's basically wandering around your island with a giant hat looking like a total goofball like we 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 have to explain what this dude looks like yeah he's he he thinks he's like some kind of like spiritual crypto spiritual guy he looks like a little rat that was shaved and then skull fucked (laughs) he's got he's got what i call um like child actor syndrome where the like daniel radcliffe um elijah wood dude all he these... looks so much weirder than those yeah dudes. no Are I, you serious? I, he's that to the extreme but I, but the the this syndrome that i'm talking about is like people who look 12 well into their 14 16 yeah like they can get like kid roles later on in life and he has that but ramped up to 100 where he still looks like the same fucking 12 year old from first kid with a mustache yeah, that's the thing. He's got like a little flesh-colored mustache. And I feel like in the 2000s when we were really, really, as a society, like loving the, these kind of dudes, like the OC era oh and like uh, Laguna Hills, like we would make fun of these people till they felt shame and like yeah. look different. He dresses like he dresses like a pickup artist. He dresses exactly like a pickup artist. He, he's got tiny little arms. He looks like a stick figure come to life. <laughs> He looks like if you dehydrated Axl Rose. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it's it's depressing to yeah to see this wimpy little. Oh my god! Sorry, I'm looking at at one of these pictures where he's like on a rooftop <laughs> with like two other fucking douchebags. That's the one. That's and the one. He looks he looks like just a a, a dehydrated adult. Like if you need it's to crazy. take an adult, dehydrate him to put him in a in a safe com- compartment. That's what he looks like. <laughs> yeah, he definitely looks like you could stow him in like the overhead <laughs> compartments in an airplane. Yeah, you took an adult, like you put him in the plastic bags that you vacuum seal. Yeah, and and that's he looks what his like face a cart- looks like. He looks like a cartoon weasel. <laughs> 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 he looks like a he looks like a hillbilly lizard in like a Pixar movie and, and with a magician's hat. Yeah, yeah, he looks absolutely insane. He looks like like a Stephen King bully after they've been tormented for like a decade, and you meet them again, and they're just like, "What is wrong with that dude?" Yeah, he he so looks anyways, like he, he looks is weird. he is per- weird. constantly taking ayahuasca. He's a weird, tiny little man, and he acts like he's constantly taking ayahuasca too. So you know, all these crypto dudes, they want to say it's not about the money, and I don't understand why. Like, can have you gathered that, Daniel? Like. Like in this stuff that I'm in the material that I've read in the Logan Paul thing. And like, I enjoyed the, in the Logan some... Paul video. He was like, he was pretty blunt about it. <laughs> like when they really asked. But him. at first his friends were blunt about it. His friends were like, dude, it's about the money. And you know, like his exact words were they, or he said like, why are you moving in? The, one of his friends goes taxes. He goes, that's one vertical. It is. It's a big <laughs> one. And they said it's 96% of a big one, which is ironically the same percent of money you can keep every year mm-hmm. if you move to Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And then he says, you know, it's it's getting crazy here in California, paying taxes. And for what? 
The potholes in the streets aren't fixed. The homeless people are everywhere. The dearth of employment. Well, he's a dark. I got news for Logan Paul about Puerto Rico. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he thinks the roads are perfect. But that's the thing, though, Daniel, is if he moves to a fucking luxury resort and like they build a little commune around themselves, the roads. That shit is going to have the best roads. That shit is going to have the best service. The only good roads and service on the island. I'm sure they'll murder anybody who gets near there that isn't just willing to like bow their head and, you know, live in service of these rich people. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's, it is, it is a cartoonish capitalist hellscape, what they want to turn it into. I mean, to your, to your question about, uh, I guess them evading or dodging the subject of money. I can, I I can. Can I tell you, can I tell you my theory? Yeah, sure. I think all of these people, they just want. To, to imagine that they're the, that they are the heroes of their story when every sing, every single bit of the story when you just look at it on paper they are the absolute villains you know what I mean like there's no way that this dude Brock Pierce can look at himself in the mirror and not think oh I'm a cartoonish little villain Logan Paul would have to think like yeah I'm a monster but if you can reframe it in a way where it's like no 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 I'm going there because I want to like you know, be spiritual and improve my life and like, you know, take on a new challenge, then it's really easy to to lie to yourself and convince yourself that you are not the bad guy here. And uh, Americans or I mean, majority like white people fall in love with the island that way, which is what I was going to say. Like there is his friends mentioned like you could go to Cabo for a weekend and have fun, too, because his friends, all of all of Logan Paul's friends are convinced like that's a short term thing. Which, I don't know how you couldn't. Like, there obviously he's not going to live in Puerto Rico. He's not going to become... I mean, if you want the tax benefits, you're going to have to suck it up. Or you're going to have to do... He can have a house there, but I don't think he's going to live there. I mean, like, think about... I think about it this way. Have you ever read that um, that Sarah Vowell book about, the, about Hawaii? I've never read any book. <laughs> it's about just like the colonialists and when they moved into hawaii and like uh do you ever see the south park episode about the hawaiians and like, all the white people that live there i've never seen any south park episode are you no, serious like I've, I've barely seen some i've seen some but yeah have you ever seen the descendants great alexander Payne movie so just tell me about hawaii man <laughs> i'm just trying to give context man hawaii is a fascinating place yeah no and and i i there's a lot of uh what happens in hawaii there's there there's a lot of that here and there's a lot of what happens here over there. So I I, I can follow. Have you ever seen Fifty First Dates? Yes. That's a banger. I just want to like, one Hawaii it, movie. Now you're on. talking at my level. This is the trash <laughs> I content. Love that. That I... I love that movie. That's a sick ass movie. Yes. The point is, is that at one point in time you couldn't take co- like, you know, these flights back and forth from the island to to the states right Mm -hmm. so i imagine that they're that when they created like this sort of like white empire inside of you know hawaii that eventually got like melded with the culture whatever that's completely different than what these people want to do flights to puerto rico are like 50 bucks yeah like they it it was a different time when they would have done that you would have to take a fucking steamship back then Mm -hmm. you would have had to like get truly get ready to like to colonize that place which is which is still awful, but there's almost a nobility to that. <laughs> right. There's a commitment to it. Yeah. There's a commitment to the people that you are one day going to say, this is my land. And these people are cosplaying that. 
Right, exactly. But like I said, they don't want to consider it about the money. So why that's why Brock Pierce, who's sort of like the spiritual leader of these group of fucking idiots, it's in the article it says that he performs he regularly performs rituals. Earlier that day, while scoping out property, they had stopped at a historic Seba tree. Seba. Seba? Yeah. Known as the Tree of Life. Uh, you know by the way, is? coincidentally, that's a that's a Groot. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's a Groot. Okay. <laughs> to tie it into Known our, as into the Tree episode. of Life? That's a lie. Okay, so can explain to the audience what what the Seba is. Uh, Seba is just a, a a very a very large, uh, beautiful tree that we that like that is endemic to the island that we that we cherish, uh, obviously. But this idea that we uh, like that it's the tree of life, it like it's like the 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 rituals that that uh uh Pierce or Brock Pierce does are are like made up things it again it reminds me of like the the Galdo Miranda comic where he's just making up lore to feel connected to some kind of like secret taino yeah. spirituality his friend said he nestled into the bosom of it and was there for 10 minutes could you imagine like you're walking you see this tiny little fucking <laughs> tree creature this little fucking ape man his, hugging a tree for 10 minutes and and I can only imagine that there are some kind of Puerto Rican escorts that he hired who just have to, like, tolerate this who shit. Just, who are just finessing him. Yeah, and, like, I'm hoping you know... that they're getting some money off of him. Like, I'm hoping that they're the ones who, like, told him that, like, Puerto Pia is, it stands for, like, eternal boy paradise or some shit. Yeah. Well, so like they, a lot of these people are trying to say that like the the main reason why they're going to Puerto Rico is about the freedom that they feel restricted by embarrassingly low U.S. taxes for corporations that they have to move there. That way, they can create and invent new things. But all they're creating is like weird blockchain cryptocurrencies and like you know ways to get people to like buy their fake money. Mm-hmm. It's so. It's so baffling to me. That freedom isn't something that's available to Puerto Ricans in any way. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It's like, they don't want to be Puerto Rican. They want to be Americans living in Puerto Rico and, like, sort of benefiting off of your guys' tax record that you have because you have no resources. <laughs> like, bitch, what taxes are we going to pay? Yeah. Yeah. The 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 tax incentives are a, a really dumb economic way that the administration wants to inflate its uh standing in the in the world instead of actually investing in in what we can provide and what we can create to uh better the quality of life of the people it is easier to simply get more millionaires on the island to uh make us look better one of the uh one of the guys that were with brock pierce Mm -hmm. said uh, said of brock he's tuned into a higher calling says kai nygaard scion of the canadian clothing company nygaard and a crypto investor he's beyond money they said that he uh that pierce paced the room with open hands in the air a few times a day he played a video for the group on his phone and a portable speaker. <laughs> Charlie Chaplin's 1940, The Great Dictator, in which Chaplin parodies Hitler rallying his forces. He finds inspiration in lines like, Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. 
We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. More than machinery, we need humanity. So he, he says, I'm worried people are going to misinterpret our actions, Mr. Pierce said, that we're just coming to Puerto Rico to dodge taxes. Yeah, I wonder why. It says, Mr. Pierce walked around the tree, uh, again about him hugging that tree, mm-hmm. and said prayers for Puertopia, holding a rusted wrench that he had picked up in the territory. He kissed an old man's feet. He blessed a crystal in the water as they all watched. He played the chaplain speech to everyone and to the tree. This is some Joker shit. That wrench is now in the penthouse, heavy and greased. So now he like in his in his you know travels in Puerto Rico, he found like a rusted wrench that somebody used to build something. Thought like, oh, this is a spiritual totem. I need this. Yeah, just like any you open up any shack in any corner, you will find a, a rusted wrench. <laughs> he took it home to like imagine that he himself was going to use something like that to build something, but he's doing like literally nothing. But but draining resources. The draining of resources that you're talking about is literal. Like crypto is heavy on the energy use. Right. Yeah. And which again is why mm-hmm. islanders can't ever take part in that. They're not bringing the technology to the island to like create the shit there. Yeah. They're outsourcing everything. I was gonna say these people are why uh, guillotines are created. Yeah. <laughs> like how you cannot read this without wanting to kill this motherfucker. It is, it, it, it's been a, a thought. <laughs> <laughs> Expressed to Logan Paul. Like, literally, like, every Puerto Rican that tweeted at him would just tell him, like, we're going to fucking kill you if you come here. Which is, like, awesome. I'm glad. Shout out to Puerto Rico. Shout out to the to the Puerto Rican Twitter users who said that they wanted to murder this man. <laughs> yeah. We, we are about that shit. And that's why I, when we were talking about it in the, in the previous episode with uh, Cam and JB, I was saying, I, I hope that Logan Paul tries some shit. I hope that he tries <laughs> to get cute with people because we will not uh, let that shit slide. Um, like we, there's a there's a broader uh, context of like the past four or five years in which tourists have been getting rowdier with us. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And and we've been having to deal with that shit. Uh, uh, last year, when when tourists were coming down and there were like quarantine restrictions, and we're a lot more uh, responsible with our mask use. Uh, right. We had a tourist that was coming into a supermarket uh, complaining that he was being told to put on his mask and he got popped one in the face uh, from the security guard of the supermarket. Like absolutely no restraint. He like tried to make a big deal out of it. Like, but the police came by and even the like it's local police. Like they know what's up. Like they like. Tourists get a, 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 a loose leash or a longer leash when it comes to uh, when they act up. But uh, when people respond, they'll respond. Yeah, there's a um, th- there's definitely like that entitlement and like that arrogant sort of uh, American mindset where they can go to Tijuana, you know, Cabo or any like sort of Mexican des- travel destination mm-hmm. 
and then treat the people there like complete fucking assholes. It's like it's like a video game NPC shit. Right. Yeah. No, I mean they, it's like in the show Westworld. <laughs> like yes. Like they think like they think visiting visiting a foreign country is like that. And there used to be like movies and TV shows where like the characters would go to like Mexico and then they would end up in a Mexican jail. And it would suck. And, like, I feel like that is gone from our culture. So that people have forgotten that, like, the you don't want to be on the wrong side of the law there. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, that's kind of why sometimes I root for, like, El Chapo and these motherfuckers when I see them hassling the Mormons that live out in the middle of fucking, in the middle of Mexico. Like, have you seen those stories about those Mormons that, like, they, they, they were polygamous and they really believe firmly in polygamy. So they just moved out into the middle of a Mexican oasis and they built like their own private little community. And for the long time, they just kind of like worked in, uh, they just worked with the cartels to make sure that they didn't get fucked with. Yeah. Like I, I, I would, I would extort them probably if I was a uh, chapel. Yeah. I mean like more and more that shit is like closing in around them. And I think some of them are having to leave or whatever. But, I, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that, that people think they can just like be surrounded by people that are just like dirt poor and expect for those people not to eventually turn violent around them. I think with these crypto fuckers, if they do end up uh, setting up some kind of community, because that's the other thing, like um, Rincón is a, is a town on the Island that is very uh, American centric. Like most of like Mm -hmm. the, surfers the retired cali people uh end up kind of huddling together around rincon and there is there are communities of people there that uh let's say they're like second generation american where like like there are young american kids that are the sons of the americans that came in um so they're like settled people and they will be seeing, they, like, the, they will see the influx of new Americans and they'll be like, oh, these uh, gringos. I find, I find that funny. But yeah. the, 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 the new Americans that are coming in, like, you will see a Facebook group that'll be like, uh, do you know of any, like, specifically American communities that I can uh, <laughs> move to? I don't necessarily like the type of neighbors in other communities. Yeah, well, then why move to Puerto Rico? Good question. Good, good it's insane. Question, it's real. insane. And like, how how have Puerto Ricans responded to that? Like, how has Puerto Rico politically responded to that? They've kind of just like, yeah, welcomed them in with open yeah, arms. Yeah, because, because the 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 administration, the 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 political party that is in power, ha- is the pro statehood party. So the more Americans that come in, the more they get to feel like a state. Right. So Erica Medina Vicini, the chief business development officer for the Department of Economic Development and Commerce, uh, said, we're we're open for crypto business. She said her office was starting an ad campaign aimed at new crypto expat boom with the tagline Paradise Performs. So, I mean, like, yeah, they're kind of just like we the people on the island, they're upset. But the actual like sort of neoliberal establishment and especially the conservative one. They would just welcome this shit, right? Like, there's no yeah. reason to, there's no reason for them to do anything but lay down. Yeah, because they they can throw around the buzzwords of like innovation and un right. unhindered uh, development of 
models of like and in this article there's like two different people who kind of have a point of view there's one person who like owns a pizza restaurant that's like i'm gonna sell more pizzas right (laughs) i can it's great let them in well they'll spend money not thinking about like the long-term ramifications of just like what if they don't like your pizza (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) like what if they want like dominoes Mm -hmm. but uh then there's the other one who um uh, the other person who says uh where the tax playground for the rich. This is this is Andrea Satz, 33, who grew up in old San Juan and works for the Conservation Trust. She says, where the test case for anyone who wants to experiment. Outsiders get te- tax exemptions that locals can't get permits for. Mr. Lopez said the territory needed something to jumpstart the economy. We have to find a new way, he said. Sure, then. Bitcoin, why not? Miss Satz said, throwing up her hands. It's like, I'm frustrated. Fuck this shit. Yeah, there is a, a throwing up uh, the hands in general to yeah. the situation. Because even as I'm talking about it, like, other than, I don't know, grabbing a, a club or, like, finding these motherfuckers, like, the, the government is complicit in this. Right. Well, like, that's the thing is, like, people wonder why, like, us on this show, but, like, people on the left like us, why we are so nihilistic, why we are sort of, like, doom-pilled. To thinking, like, who gives a shit? Like, we can just laugh at the idea. Like, you, like especially when it was Trump and Biden up, and we were just kind of like, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. And people were like, well, how could you say that? This is why. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because especially you have as, to throw as up your a, hands. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to, during the election season, I didn't want to uh, uh, convey too much of that. But I here on the island, we weren't going to feel that much of a difference. Yeah, here in America, unless you are privileged enough to feel the ramifications of that, you're not going to feel the difference either. Like, my life has not substantially changed since since Trump was president, you know? My Twitter feed has. I got a lot less people giving a fuck about uh, human rights abuses in, in our own country, but meaningfully, it has not changed. Like, Trump, Trump and Biden did about equal amount for COVID, which is not much. In fact, Biden's done a little bit less. In the in like the month that he's been in office, in this 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 year we, we're still running on as as, as I, I I forgot where I read it six hundred Republican dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so I just want to like cir- circle back. What's it's funny because you had told me let's make this about comics. You had told me that Spider Man they were announced the new. Uh, they <laughs> this is me speculating show. based off that poster. Well, they they posted on their Twitter. What was it? Um, uh, there was like it. They officially announced what the title, the the home title, because they made the whole Marvel made the the Tom Holland movies all about home, just right. uh, homecoming. It's homecoming, far, far from, from home. home. And they had made some jokes over Instagram, and like I didn't, I didn't necessarily want to bring it up because it, it felt like a little bit too much like pop culture talk. And uh, That's breaking great. news. That's what people listen, this is what people listen to the show for. We breaking open news. Uh, we we just have hints of what could possibly be the the plot of the new Spider-Man movie. In there, so what is the hints? The hint is that in their cryptic uh, movie title reveal, which is No Way Home, Spider-Man No Way Home, the the reveal had the logo of Spider-Man very interestingly silhouetted in spider webs in a shape that was almost identical to the island of Puerto Rico. 
So I think that's interesting because I think they wanted to set up that this Spider-Man is not really homebound to New York. The last movie took place in Paris. They've wanted to make a point that this is an international superhero. But did you did you see the silhouette, the spider? Did you, like uh, was it I... looked exactly like Puerto Rico? You sent it to me, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" It had exactly Rico. the the uh, the Fajardo corner on the east. It had yeah. the, the wider, like every single corner matched. Um, I would never notice that because I'm not a freak. Yeah, I mean it's it's my island, and I've been living in it for most of my life, so I immediately recognized it. But I, I'm I'm wondering what they're trying to imply with it i i have no idea like like we we know that we know that peter is like tony stark he has all of tony stark's technology and well some people have speculated that there might be a little bit of miles morales the other latinx superhero that that's the other connection but he's he's a new yorican <laughs> like he barely has any connection well, to the island what's the difference like, <laughs> no, no, no. But so, what? What did I tell you when you when you showed me that? Yeah, uh, another another tech goon. Another tech goon. So Tony Stark I, is Tony Stark. I think is one of the more like insidious pop culture figures that has you know taken a hold of the American psyche. Which I'm is, glad he's dead. I'm hundred percent glad he's dead. Um, and I kind of like the first Iron Man movie. Like, you know, when I saw it, I was like, oh, it's something different. I didn't realize literally every movie after that would be the same Iron Man movie. <laughs> like, no matter, it would just reskinned Iron Man movies. Yeah. But and that it, movie. It, like, there's the, there's a, there's a confusion of like, do you like Tony Stark or do you like Robert Downey Jr.? Because it's Robert Downey Jr. that like made the character. Like that character yeah. is not the, the Tony Stark that existed in the comics before Robert Downey Jr. played him. So so I, I want to do a review of, of Iron Man because I think that's important. But I want to point out, though, that I that character, to me, it set a foundation for how we society views like these tech billionaires. Because we don't view them the way like in the 1930s people viewed like the land barons and like the fucking the train owners and like these other sort of industrialists that were just greedy capitalists that needed to be destroyed and you know uh their monopolies needed to be broken up we instead viewed them now as saviors uh-huh. we look at iron man he's a fucking hero like people look at elon musk as a fucking hero as a savior a, a section of the population does yes you know, it's shorthand for like cool guy who knows science and mm-hmm. you know is a self reliant dude or whatever. Yeah, the the Howard Hughes model, right? But without being crazy, like he gets to be fucking <laughs> epic, right? Without it being like Leonardo DiCaprio insane OCD, right? Like he gets to like he twitches his eye or whatever the fuck, but you know he's fun, he's charming. Yeah. Um. So uh- Elon Musk. Elon Musk to me is like just an absolute ghoul. And he's also sort of done the similar kind of like move out. And, and also part of this, part of this whole thing that affects me is you got him, Joe Rogan, Logan Paul, Jake Paul, all these motherfucking dudes that are leaving the state. And they're saying like, oh, California sucks. Well, guess what, motherfucker? I live in California and you can go. <laughs> yeah. Like, please get the fuck out of here. I, we, you're worried about your tax money? We, we would do fine without your fucking tax money, all right? Like, get the fuck out. But but I sent you a tweet kind of to just to fuck with you a little bit. <laughs> From 2017, post-Hurricane Maria, 
where Elon Musk announced. Yeah, I remember that, when this made news. Yeah, where Elon Musk said that they were diverting resources to fix the Model 3 bottlenecks and increase battery production for Puerto Rico and other affected areas. And who quote tweeted him, but Lin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> and he says, meanwhile, at Tesla over here, disrupting his own business over to help Puerto Rico. Thank you, Elon Musk. This is the kind of shit where like these people get to pretend they're helping. And yeah. I say pretend because I then look forward to see, did that work? Did that help? Or is he a god over there? Do they love him in Puerto Rico? And the only the only reason this this got implemented at all is like is because uh, Puerto Rican authorities had no had no uh, spine options to say no. <laughs> Yeah, they had no options and they had no spine. Like, they had to do this, right? Like, mm-hmm. what are they going to say? Like, no, please don't come help fix our generators. We have no power. People yeah. are dying. Like, if like, this was the, another the situation, if it hadn't been a hurricane, let's say it had been uh, uh, some kind of virus or something, um, he could have come down and experimented <laughs> on, on, on the Puerto Rican population to find a cure uh with the same uh with the same uh sort of like carefree attitude it's literally just like more examples of disaster capitalism yes 100 percent. Right? Like it's just it's just taking advantage of chaos and you know the difference between this and like iraq is we created the chaos in iraq and mm-hmm. this we also created it by global warming like the fact that you know the same thing happened in texas like all their power grids shut down yeah I, the the and the chaos in Texas and the chaos over here is austerity. Right, exactly. Deep infrastructure austerity. Exactly. Well put. Um. So, anyways, I looked up to, to the help Elon Musk's his renewable energy thing. Um. It did not help. <laughs> <laughs> What's the quote? Uh. It doesn't work. A nurse at the senior center said in Spanish during a HuffPost visit in late February. It never has. The circuitry issued uh, proved ominous. Officials promised that Tesla's effort heralded a brighter future in Vieques, one that would free the island from independence on fossil fuels and make it a model for the rest of Puerto Rico. But apparently, supply shortages, regulatory hurdles, and long-term planning dashed those hopes. And today, the island still depends on dirty power from the mainland and from solar panels and batteries. And his solar pater- his solar panels and batteries sit, sit useless and broken with other... <laughs> With another hurricane season less than a month away at the time this thing was written. That's that's amazing. Um, We're back to square one, said Edgar Oscar Ruiz, 34, a local activist pushing for renewable energy on Vieques. Vieques, no quest. Vieques. Yeah. Sorry. Tesla came in with great intentions, but that's not enough. And again, like, all these people want to say that they're coming in with great intentions, but the intention is always the same, to make money. And believing anything else at this point is just lying to yourself. Yeah, the, the I feel like the main intention was like, uh, no pun intended, PR marketing. Right. Like this was uh, Musk wanting to swoop in in his Iron Man outfit and 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 power a, a random hospital. Yeah. So I want to I want to kind of circle back to Logan Paul specifically because mm-hmm. I feel like. He is such a key figure in in this like moment because he's just like a YouTube doofus that is like, you know, handsome enough and like has enough of a personality that he's just somehow became like a celebrity. Right. Yeah. But 
he's he's used that to basically become a tech millionaire. Not tech because he's on YouTube. Tech because he has been uh, sort of swept up in this moment where like just regular sort of like Reddit bros and young savages mm-hmm. are like into day trading and crypto. Mm-hmm. It's a really strange thing because I remember back in 2013, 2012, that era, mm-hmm. but I went to a convention in San Jose and I would always love to go to those conventions because the motherfuckers there, they had money. It's like I go to a convention in Sacramento, dead, right? Mm-hmm. San Jose there were just people there that worked in tech, worked in, you know, did things that they could afford a commission. They could afford prints and it was great for an artist. Right. And next at the hall, next to the comic convention, there was a Bitcoin convention and it was just all these like loser dudes that were like in the same sort of like Patagonia <laughs> like shit. And they were, I remember them talking to me and my friend saying like, Oh, there's this new thing called crypto. You guys might want to get in on this. And I was just like, what is it? And there's like, it's like, so they started explaining to me like how it worked. And I was just like, all right, I don't want to hear that. I, I'm fucking out of here. Like, no, thanks. You know, they were like, how much money did you make at that show? And I was like, you know, I made like 800 bucks. Like if you put that $800 into this thing, then, you know, you could turn it around and flip it for, you know, whatever. And I was just like, or I could have $800 right now. <laughs> yeah, no, you were like, or I could pay the rent that I owe or like right. you could like, use the money or- for the things that you need. Or I can eat food. That would be sick. Yeah. (laughs) So, so I remember like so long ago that this was a thing that was bubbling up and me just being like, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, if you were there, that means like you were, you were there right as it was happening. Now it's so mainstream. And I think because people have been sort of like locked up for like a year for the most part, you know, Mm -hmm. like plenty of people have left their house and breaking quarantine and all the shit. But for the most part, I think you can't go anywhere. Like most places are shut, you know, or at the risk of like, you know. You can't travel most places except for Puerto Rico, (laughs) which literally we couldn't shut down our airports. Like that shit was controlled by the states. They didn't shut it down. They made all the flights dirt cheap. Yeah. It's just like they're the I think people have been locked up. So like the idea of like. Any kind of community has been completely crushed for the like for certain people, mm-hmm. right? Like if you didn't have strong ties to community, there'd be no reason for you to feel any kind of like, especially a guy like Logan Paul, who I said has no sort of grasp or, or appreciation for humanity. Like, why would he give a fuck? I think all these people have been diverting their interest into cryptocurrency and all these ways to like make money to be on their grind when they can't like, you know, make money just doing club appearances or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. These celebrities, I mean. Um, so you're saying that like, uh, did this happen? Did this happen because of quarantine? Like, uh, I, I feel like there's this development in Logan Paul's life. (laughs) I feel like the quarantine coincided with everybody sort of placing value away from people and into like things and objects. Right. We talked about on the last show, like speculation is way up. The, a couple weeks ago when all that shit happened with like the Robin Hood app and all that shit, mm-hmm. you know, the, the game stonks, all that shit, mm-hmm. people have been locked up for so long that like, yeah, of course their, their minds are breaking. Like all of ours are right. Yeah. Like we started a fucking podcast. How is that any really different? But I mean, I feel like it's different that we're productive and we're like making jokes and shit, but really. Yeah. We're giving the people something. 
This isn't right. We're 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 not trying to exploit or 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 like speculation is just a different kind of thing than actually creating. Right. So so Logan Paul has is in the speculator market, and he we talked about this in like one of our our first solo episode that was like not a guest when the guest yeah when we when we we were talking about the the comics journalism landscape yeah you talked about what what site was speculation we talked about speculation because i mentioned logan paul was opening up pokemon cards and i told you i i kind of was just like yeah he's opening pokemon cards and like it's a weird thing but so so i've learned more about this recently Uh (laughs) because basically he is tying cryptocurrency to the cards that he's opening up and he's basically creating non-fungible tokens they're called nfts if you know anything about cryptocurrency you linked me to it and it's as if i hadn't read it i read it and i didn't right it took it took a little time for me but this is going to be extremely important when we continue on a little bit nfts nfts are digital assets that can function as collectibles like trading cards unlike cryptocurrencies like bitcoin uh no two nfts are the same meaning they cannot be directly exchanged with one another, nor can they be divided up into smaller denominations. So like an NFT is like a valuable, like cryptocurrency thing. Like it's like a code. It's like a, like a file or some shit. Like, it's not like a dollar where if I give you a dollar, you can give somebody 50 cents. Why why is, is, how is an NFT different from a JPEG or a PSD or a, or a PNG? Well, you can attach the coding onto it, like it's in, it's encrypted, right? So you can sell somebody a JPEG, and they do it all the time. Uh-huh. And the JPEG can have coding on it that anytime you sold that to somebody, it keeps track of like who exchanged that. And every time it gets posted, it can like keep that. It has the information built into it of like every single time that JPEG has been touched. Or like, you know, not JPEG, but like whatever it mm-hmm, is, right? Mm-hmm. So 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 additionally, the digital coding behind NFTs makes them irrefutably verifiable. An issue that plagues the traditional collectibles market. So you can't fake it. You see an NFT and it is one for one because of the encoding all the fucking, you know, the nerd shit that they fucking used to figure this out, right? Mm-hmm. So it says while domain while NFTs can be anything from domain names, virtual gaming items, even tweets, you could put an NFT on a fucking tweet. The most popular NFT category is digital art, including images, mm. audio, and video clips. Paul's NFT uh, so Logan Paul he started up his own NFTs showcase an anime character fashioned in his likeness so they look like him holding trading cards with accented with the logo for his Maverick clothing this brand. This is a really bad anime character. I need to it's stop. Really bad. And and, <laughs> yeah. and we, we should talk about this. I'll tell you who didn't get paid. A fucking artist to make this fucking thing. Logan Paul is making millions <laughs> off this millions. shit. And the artist is making nothing. So he's selling these little JPEGs of himself. Holding up Pokemon cards. Or like doing whatever, right? Look, he's on Puerto Rico in this one, by the he way. He seems like he's in Puerto Rico in this image. Yeah, he's on Puerto Rico. I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be. It's on purpose. Yeah. Um. So he partnered to create and distribute tokens with a company called Bondly, a peer-to-peer exchange that enables trading across any chain and through any medium. The NFTs are built on Ethereum, 
uh, network. And I guess Ethereum is like similar to Bitcoin, but it's it's more like it uses less energy. It's more efficient. Mm. Like everybody, I guess, in Bitcoin understands that Bitcoin is not here for the long run. So it's like, like the it's fluorescent just light bulb of Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like old technology and they're building new technologies like every day. Like oh, that's why all these people are trying to fucking do this because one of them might stay around and replace money. So basically he created 3000 NFTs that they dropped on February 19th, each one selling for one Ethereum during the first day on the market. 1,772 NFTs were purchased with the ETH, the Ethereum being valued at roughly $2,000 at the time for a total of $3.5 million in sales. So for those JPEGs, he made a pack of a thousand of them. They are worthless. He sold them. And they're bad drawings. And they're bad fucking drawings. And it says that he sold $1 million worth of NFTs 30 minutes after dropping them. Yeah, uh, like just trying to make the the math, like one Ethereum at two thousand dollars and selling a thousand seven hundred seventy two of this JPEG, it it it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to comp. Like part of crypto and part of blockchain is how hard it is to comprehend. Right. And now. This is adding an additional layer of incomprehension to it. <laughs> so yesterday, sales climbed to $5 million with a total of 2,586 NFTs sold and 414 left to purchase before Bondly burned the remaining supply, which will never be available again. But it, the demand was created because three buyers will receive a first edition pack of Pokemon cards valued at $40,000. Now... Pokemon cards. We all know what those are. Those are just trading cards, right? So Mm -hmm. what Logan Paul did was because he liked Pokemon cards, he specifically wanted first edition pack from the first card. And there were packs available in the wild, but nobody opened them because people who like them like fucking Pokemon, right? They wouldn't open it because they like the the thing. But he was buying these packs for like $15,000 each. And then every time he bought one, he drove up the market price because the value is whatever somebody's willing to pay for it. Right. Mm -hmm. So he drove up the value to $40,000. So, so he is manufacturing that value with his own purchase. Right. Right. So he, so the NFTs that he was giving away or that he was selling, sorry, it's basically like you're buying a ticket for this 1000 or like, you know, 2000, whatever for one card, you have to buy one Ethereum, right? Mm Mm-hmm. If it was valued at two thousand, and they sold fucking one five million dollars worth, they were basically saying one of you are going to win a contest where you will get to come to L.A. He's going to you know pay for the trip, and they're going to unbox the cards live, and the cards themselves are worth value, but also there is Ethereum attached to those cards now, and the value of the NFTs. The the value of the cards and yeah. the value of the contest are all just kind of like uh, orbiting each other. And, and uh, like there's no one thing that has value, but it's like the, 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 the configuration of all of these things together. 
Yeah. So like he's basically making all of this fake money to go to Puerto Rico and like box and then buy more Pokemon cards, I guess. Like it's it's bizarre. It's so insane. This is a science fiction dystopian movie, right? Yeah, because like, you and me, we can't buy Pokemon cards and give them this value. No, no. But what we can create and give them this value, Daniel, comic books. Is there is there a, a, a an NFT version of comics? There is, in fact. There's been there's been some. I was reading about them because some people have made NFT comic books where they tie the art to a physical, like digital or not physical, a digital comic that has the uh, NFT on it or whatever. And there's been like sort of like an underground market for like, you know, JPEGs and stuff. I think that though, like you remember when there was like that Pepe coin shit mm-hmm. people were talking about, like rare Pepe memes that they mm-hmm. had uh, the shit attached to it. Ah, I think, I think I do remember a little bit about that vaguely. Yes. Yeah. I think it was in that movie that uh, feels bad man movie. Oh no, I, um, I never caught it. Well, anyways, they, t- it's a thing that happens. Like you can really attach the shit to anything, but they are attaching it to comics. I got JPEGs. <laughs> there was an article from, you know, a bunch of things. Basically, I heard about this because one of my friends told me that he got a mail uh, email from Marvel. The headline was questions about NFT sales approvals, right? If I told you literally anything that you want, you can attach an NFT value to as long as you're like with the company that will give you the NFT code. As long as as long as you can do that, you could sell literally anything. So, so Marvel sent this email out. A lot of people hadn't even heard of NFT at the time. They were just like, okay. But the email says, hello, we've been getting inquiries from some of our artists about selling digital images of artwork in connection with non-fungible token or NFT. Please note that Marvel has not yet authorized or approved any of these sales, nor have they approved any platform to conduct these sales. We ask that you do not post or sell digital Marvel art files through any NFT platforms at this time. We appreciate that this could be new and exciting opportunity. Please know that there that we have been actively looking into potential partners in this space to see if any of them might be a good fit. We will keep you updated. In the meantime, feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions or concerns. So Marvel Marvel basically found out that there is an art group called Essential Sequential. They are dealers of original comic art. Mm-hmm. And they've partnered up with a company to sell NFTs with original comic art. And it made big headlines. Like, they, this had been in the works, but it made big headlines because Adam Kubert, absolute legend, absolute, you know, God-tier artist, he teamed up with with that company and they sold a picture of Spider-Man for $25,000. Damn. Right. So, So, this is from the Medium post where they announced it. Interconnectivity within the artistic community is one of the most powerful creative forces of inspiration. Blah, blah, blah. Fucking bullshit, right? (laughs) Uh It has been Portion's goal since day one to inspire creatives. Blah, blah, blah. More bullshit. With that said, we would like to announce that professional Marvel artists have decided to make Portion.io their home and will be releasing approximately 25 unique Marvel pieces onto the Portion.io platform. Some of the NFTs will also be used to redeem the physical and original hand-drawn work. That's why I said, like, you could literally attach it to anything, right? We see value in working with individuals that have been able to channel some of the most creative and I- iconic art in history. To celebrate this merging, 
The first NFTs come with original hand-drawn art by Marvel artists. The first wave of artists are Dan Panosian, Matteo Scalera, Dave Johnson, Adam Kubert, a- Andy Kubert, and Eric Canetti. We've successfully partnered with the Essential Sequential. If you've been to cons, you know that these are the guys with purple banners on their table. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> I feel like they're a, they're a collective on their own. I mean, they're they're mainly dudes that hang out on Facebook and talk about you know drink and draw. Yeah, they're and stuff. the drink like, and draw crew. Yeah, they're the drink and draw crew. They're a bunch of old you know so and sos. They're the they're, they're, they're a like bunch the of guys rockabillies. Who, they're the rockabillies of comics. They're the guys who like to you know maybe have a brewski every yeah, once in a while. They'll draw the the pinup girl with a little bit more titty out. They always they always got like a fat ass. You know, it's all yeah, good. yeah. Hey, listen, it's all love. It, I love Dan love Panosian. all of these artists. Like I, I, Andy, I say this with uh, with utmost respect and and absolute utmost respect that you're a bunch of Facebook dads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. I feel like if they weren't comic artists, they would absolutely be dudes with goatees and like, you know, Oakley shades telling, you know, athletes to like fucking stick to the game. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, they all know how to barbecue. And that rules, yeah. you know, yeah, they all know how to barbecue. They all have the best recipes and I bet they like, you know, they give you, they tease each other a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, it, it, it's a, it's a no, it's a noble lifestyle that I, I someday <laughs> hope to hope to emulate. I just cosplay it on Twitter. I just pretend that I am that dude. It's sick. Yeah. It really throws people off when they open the image and it's like, I'm, I'm look like one of those dudes, but I got like a Bernie Sanders head on. They're like, wait a minute. <laughs> it's a it's a cognitive dissonance that you're really good at uh creating yeah all these dudes are like centrist like you know most of them i think were biden dudes yeah but a few of them were like biden dudes that are like mm, trump's got some good ideas <laughs> but um but but the fact like i don't know who started the connection but they definitely got the whole gang in on the business right well i mean they have a they have a guy who handles this this guy uh, Jason Shatner, he's the guy who runs Essential Sequential. Mm. So it says, we partnered with Essential Sequential. The original artwork, books, prints, and from some of the most recognizable names of the indie industry can be found here. Over time, we believe that our platform will become the place for merging of iconic art and digital permanence. For the for the for uh, for over a decade, Essential Sequential has been the prominent agency of uh, authentic comic book art from some of the world's most beloved and talented artists. Owner and founder, curator Jason Shatner has turned his love of the comic book industry into a thriving agency. Essential Sequential has brought their clients closer to hundreds and thousands of fans and made their original artwork available to enthusiasts like himself. While we are by no means limiting ourselves to purely the comic niche, consistent growth and onboarding of reputable artists is expected to begin to tether our robust platform with bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Anyways, the point is, they've made NFTs for this thing, and here's why they fucked up. I get why they would say we're do these are Marvel artists. We're selling Marvel comic yeah, artwork. Yeah, no, the, these are these are these are drawings of Spider Man. Technically true. However, Marvel might have a fucking problem with that. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. for example, Daniel, the NBA has also done this. Like, they've made NFTs for uh, like basketball highlights. So, like, you can buy an NFT, a pack of NFT basketball highlights. For like $9 to like, you know, $27 for packs of them. And then you get a highlight that's basically meaningless. It's a little clip. It, it, but, is it like is it like the equivalent of, of a collector's card? 
It's literally that. Like those right? NBA cards that, that yeah. used to like line folders. Right. Well, it's it's like I said, it's it's literally just the way uh, basketball cards have mm-hmm. also been going up in value. Baseball cards have been going up in value. We talked about that on the show. Like all of the trading card shit mm-hmm. has been growing up in value. For what reason? I don't know. But it scares me. Honestly, it does. Because it, <laughs> it feels yeah, like a it, bubble that been could crash the trend that you've been seeing. Right. Because I just know it feels like the 90s before the crash of the comic industry mm-hmm. and the crash of trading card companies. You know, it's inflated interest. It's not real interest. It's phony. It's fake. It's it's bean bean babies, beanie babies. It's that it's beanie babies. It's that scene in a uh, in Wolf of Wall Street where Matthew McConaughey is explaining that it's fugazi. Do you know what fugazi is? It's you know it's bullshit. It's in the mm-hmm. wind, but but it only gives the value that you give it. And NFT and crypto people will convince you to no end that this shit has real value. That's literally the the Logan Paul model in the sense that he pumped up his own value of his NFT. And because he has a sizable audience, it, it worked, right? Mm-hmm. But the Pokemon cards people get are still going to be what, worth whatever that card is. And it's only that because the bubble that we're in, which again is terrifying to me, somebody who went to Comic Cons in 2008 and remembered it was completely dead, who remembers comic shops shuddering constantly, who remembers the crash. Like, we're not that far out, but everybody has forgotten. Or maybe the Zoomers never remembered that this shit is incredibly unstable that we're building on right now. Like, at least the holofoil covers were something that you could, like, <laughs> that that was shiny. Holofoil covers are back, and people that were, like, into comics had been talking about that they wanted holofoil covers and wanted metal covers and all this bullshit. You Trust me, you didn't, you don't want that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it just, it's not sustainable. It's not real. It's fake. You don't want fake shit, but you know, it's impossible. It's impossible to explain that. Even, even, even so Marvel is like, uh, yeah, well, uh, we kind of, uh, need to uh, figure out how we're going to get our money off of this. So, right. So, I mean, like, like I said, with the NBA, when they did it, they licensed it. Mm-hmm. It's not LeBron James and like a handful of other basketball players. It's not like LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the other guys that like his agency represents. And his agency didn't say like, here, you can buy digital trading cards of me. Like that has to go through the players association because mm-hmm. basketball players have a fucking union. Yeah, it's, it's like uh, the, the likenesses in the video games. Right. Comic books don't do that. So I understand why these, you know, these, <laughs> these greasy meatheads... <laughs> thought we'll sell our own nfts this will be great you know like yeah. what's the difference they're you know and they put on their oakley's they smiled literally right before we started recording this i was watching a video called breaking down nfts with comic art representatives jason shatner and felix Liu. now full disclaimer Felix, I know him. He's a great dude. He used to, we, you know, he was my rep. He is my rep. You know, like it is what it is. But his take on this is completely different from this guy, John Shatner, because he kind of is like, look, it's good if you want a digital certificate of authenticity, right? Um, it's it's totally fine for that. Like if you want to sell a piece of art and you want to guarantee that art is real, it is as good of a certificate of authenticity as anything else. Mm-hmm. But but there are collectors who don't give a fuck about the artwork. They just want the NFT because the NFT holds value. Then it's part of their portfolio or whatever, whatever. 
Felix says on the thing, like, I'm old school. Like, I like original art. He doesn't collect NFTs. He doesn't have cryptocurrency. In this in this thing, he says that you know I haven't talked to him about it, but yeah, yeah. But you were you were reading that or you were hearing that you were like you like what this guy's putting down as an old school pro yourself. As an old school pro, I understand where he's coming from, which yeah. is just like if you're just using it for that, that's totally fine. But the other guy, uh, Jason Shatner, is basically saying like no, 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 polar opposite. This is yeah, yeah. But also like I'm watching that, wondering like did Marvel say they're gonna sue him? Because like, it kind of feels that way. Like, Felix is saying, like, that he's looking into it with his digital artist specifically. Mm-hmm. Like, my buddy Nick Dragata is one of the, the best artists in the world, in my opinion. He just did a Batman black and white. Fucking blew my mind, I right? saw some pages of that. That looks sick. He's digital, except for that story. That was done by hand, traditional, with with real screen tones. Mm-hmm. This, dude's a, this dude's a legend. But most of his art for East of West, of which there's, like, hundreds and hundreds of pages, is digital. So he couldn't sell that. However, put an NFT on that, put it on the original file. Now you've given something that, you know, he couldn't sell somebody the JPEG, right? Yeah. Could, I've tried. Theoretically. And he sold, he sold, a, yeah, right. You're digital. Yeah. I, I, no, th- this is a very fascinating conversation because that is the majority of my domain. I'm like taking notes over here. Right. I'm an old school pro, so I would never do that. Yeah. You, I also, my computer this sucks. Is, this but... is just an, uh, an amusing <laughs> uh and it's fascinating for you. yeah yeah but so like so it's interesting though because like felix sees the sharks in the water for what they mm-hmm, are mm-hmm. and this other guy is like he's a shark he's the shark in like, the he... water <laughs> yeah um. i mean again not to be too like i don't want people to think i'm biased you know but i went into this one like i wonder what this is about and that's the in- that's the impression that i got and i don't want to say that like there's no value in that but i think but oh, but the other point is that Felix is like, I will deal NFTs for digital artists if it's creator owned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think that that's the that's the main point now. Because if comic book artists fought and struggled for the longest time it for the right to sell their original art, um it it's easy to extrapolate that there would have to be an amount of fighting and struggling for the right to sell their own nfts then if this is a thing right but but like how could you sell it a spider-man if that basically can give the person the right to print out their own thing that they that they bought that they own theoretically well i mean are you gonna sell every single page of a of an issue no but people can buy every single page of an issue People collectors, Daniel, buy full stories. But does that? Now. But does but does does that give them the right to to publish print and it. sell right, exactly. copies? And it's of the it. Wild West right now. Mm-hmm. Like you, currently, if you see a high res image, you can print that out. You know, you yeah, can pretend and it's and, real, and you can do that for yourself. But yeah, and there's like I think there's there's pros and cons to this. But the main th- my main takeaway is it is inhuman. <laughs> yeah, this is this is all in a in a digital realm that is that is not in any way relatable to the comics experience that we know right right exactly the kind of person that wants to buy that is like i said it's a mixture of original art collector who like sees it as an Mm -hmm. investment like to some extent some people do see like comic art as an investment and that's totally understandable i don't think there's anything wrong with that i think it's weird because 
I'm only going to buy a page that I think is fucking sick. And honestly, I don't have that much original comic art, you know? Yeah. I, I get it, though. I, 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 I really do. I've been but, commissioned for digital art. Um, like, the commissions that I did last year I don't know why anybody would commission were... you at all, frankly. Huh? I don't know why anyone would commission you at all, frankly. Because, because I, I, I do give them the high-res file for them to... No, I just mean, like, why would they commission you because your art sucks? Oh, <laughs> oh, obviously. I was doing like a little, ah, a little dig. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little, yeah, little joshing yeah. around. Well, I, sorry, I got, I, I got essential sequential, like sort of. I got an essential sequential mode. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, but uh, I, I, I guess ab- about the digital art thing, it makes sense when it's a commission, when it's something that they can like print and hang on the wall but let's say if it's something that is an nft that is meant to stay digital like how do they uh showcase it like is it like an exclusive background on their phone it's funny because did you click the uh did you click the link i put of like uh collectors asking that same question um maybe not that specific one yeah Uh, i I posted a forum i posted a cgc ramblings yeah yeah um i i I didn't read through it you can tell me yes just say no. Sorry. <laughs> um, so there was a guy who asked that. That was basically like, look, I'm an original collector. Like, I have walls and I can put art up on the walls. I can't do anything with this shit. But that's the thing is, like, some people can. And they just want to use it for, like, whatever part of their crypto, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just weird. But say la vie. People with digital walls. Yeah. I want to I wanna tie this into to the kind of dude that would buy those or that is buying those right now. I think it's funny because people think it – I keep seeing that they want – they say it democratizes it. Like they say this puts more power into the hands of artists somehow. Even though you have to be a part of an agency that is in that is in partnership with a company, like they're basically just adding two more layers of like you owning less of your shit to yeah. say that you get to own more of your shit. The process of authenticating – an, an, an artwork or certifying it with an nft is not something that everyone has the access to it's complete fraudulence to to pretend that this is going to open up the world for artists to make more money when all it's going to do is just give them new masters basically but this is like the trend of the culture right now where i like again back to the game stonks thing mm-hmm. where all these people thought they were savvy business dudes because they were trading game stock to like fuck over the you know the business guys but not realizing that all they're doing is exchanging that master for another master which brings us to an article that i read about this guy who runs i, I cannot pronounce his name it's Palihapitiya. he's a guy who is basically wanting to run for governor of california and he basically rose to prominence recently Because he was a guy, as a big, like, day trader guru dude. And he was, like, riding the wave of, like, populism. When people were like, fuck, fuck Robin Hood, fuck the trading company, fuck Wall Street. Like, I'm also going to trade stocks for Wall Street. Like, (laughs) just dumb, right? Mm -hmm. But so this guy, it says he did not make his wealth on Main Street. He was an early Facebook executive. And on the side, he invested in companies such as Disney and Peter Thiel. What's the guy's name? Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel's Palantir. The latter of which came under fire in 2019 for providing immigration and customs enforcement with the digital profiling tools it needed to carry out former President Donald Trump's deportation agenda. Which, 
immediately got my fucking hairs up again. This is, it made me pull another string because all these guys are buying into this idea that this is a yet another digital savior like Elon Musk, like fucking uh, Brock mm-hmm. Pierce. Like, it's just another one of these guys. Like, all these people want their, like, new daddies to be, like, this tech guy, right? They want him to be, like, an epic Reddit dude who can lead them into the new frontier. And this guy is as establishment as anybody else. You have to be to be in that position. You have to be on Little St. James fucking sucking. Yeah. You have to be sucking out of that baby skull and fucking little kids to be a part of that wealthy elite group. To know anything about any of this shit for real. Like, that's what we talked about on the last show is, like, the succinct version of this whole episode. Which is, like, don't fake yourself anything that by collecting trading cards, you are the elite. You are not the elite. You are their fucking pawns. And, you know, the fact that this guy had money in Palantir, it got me looking into the next news item that I wanted to talk about. Which we won't go into too long because we're already pushing this. Yeah, no, this is... (laughs) Biden opened up more uh of these child prisons these concentration camps that had been closed down because of just you know sort of uh people being phased out of them well he needed more room because despite the fact that they claimed over and over to the latinx population that they were not going to continue trump's cruel border agenda they have been continuing trump's cruel border agenda the fact that the fact that they had uh um uh, accumulated, uh, let's say, political capital attacking these facilities. Right. Yeah, it was completely cloying. It's completely bullshit. But I looked up this uh, this article that had talked about how between 2008 and 2020, CPB and ICE issued one th- uh, 105,997 contracts worth $55.1 billion to private corporations. That's taxpayer money. That's the money that Logan Paul says, like, I couldn't possibly give to that, right? Mm -hmm. But that money all just goes back to these private corporations anyways. So, Logan Paul, what's the difference, (laughs) right? Like, either way, you're giving him that fucking money. But anyways, it says, the industry is now deeply embedded in U.S. government bodies and decision making with close financial ties to strategic politicians. And in fact, 13 companies play a pivotal role in the U.S. border industry. CoreCivic, Deloitte, Elbit Systems, GEO Group, General Atomics, General Dynamics, G4S, IBM, Lados, Lockheed Martin, L3 Harris, Northrop Grumman, and Palantir, the tech one, which basically was taking all the data and like funneling that ice in all these places to like track the immigrants, basically. Mm -hmm. And a few border security companies uh, showed preference. Oh, sorry. The 13 border security companies, executives, and top employees contributed three times more to Joe Biden than Donald Trump. So those 13 companies that were the heart, the people that profited off of Donald Trump's cruel border agenda, the same 13 companies gave three times as much to Joe Biden. So Joe was their guy. Again, if you wonder why people like me, Daniel, and other leftists were like, I don't give a fuck the difference between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, that's the reason. It doesn't fucking matter. Either way, they're the cruel borderline agenda. If you if you if you cared about that, which listen, I did. I'm mm-hmm. not. I, I was not insincere. If you cared about it, this would still piss you off. But there's so many people. The day after Daniel, I said, 
that, that news came out, well, where else are the kids going to go? Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. there's no other place between the prison they just came from, right? I will, I will point out, a few border security companies show preference towards one political party. Detention-related companies, in particular CoreCivic, G4S, and GEO Group, strongly favored Republicans, along with military contractors, Elbit, and General Atomics, while auditing and IT companies, Deloitte, IBM, Palantir, overwhelmingly preferred Democrats. So the tech companies specifically gave three times as much than even the prison companies. But it doesn't really matter, right? Because, like, which if you're going to make money, is it going to be building buildings or selling tech data? Like, this is the perfect two wings of of the authoritarian uh, uh, machine. Right. One way to track them, one way to fucking store them in, in the prisons, right? Yeah. So I, I want to just point out, again, like... They o- they're opening these things up and, you know, some of them are like the one that drew national attention was the one that happened first. The second one that happened days after in Miami drew less attention, but that one's particularly insane because that was where they were being really accused of uh, civic rights violations. So like if you're me and you're looking at, oh, they opened up a bunch of these, but the first one happened to be the one that was run by a nonprofit. You have to know that that was intentional. You have to know that the reason they did it is that it's the easiest way for a for a lib brain fucking idiot to say, oh, no, but this place is actually not that bad. And, you know, it's actually the humane detention center. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I want to read a little bit about it just because it pissed me off so much. I don't know if you could tell, Daniel. I mean, I'm in. A, I was in a state. You, 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 you got a passion about the subject. Go off at, at the 66 acre site. Groups of beige trailers encircle the white dining tent, a soccer field, and a basketball court. There's a bright blue hospital tent and white bunk beds inside. A legal services trailer has the Spanish words bienvenidos, or welcome, in a banner on its roof. There are trailers for classrooms, a barbershop, and a hair salon. The facility has its own ambulances and fire trucks as well as its own water supply. So the same way Logan Paul and these tech guys get to build their little fantasy world, in Puerto Rico where it's nothing but people serving them. We are building to house all the influx of people that have been, that have fled from their homes because of our policies in South America and have come to America looking for a better life. We're creating prison camps that are their own unique society. The Latinx people are coming out up here and Haitians, you know, shout out to the Haitians as well, but there's all kinds of, these immigrants that are coming to this country seeking a better life. Meanwhile, people here are leaving to those countries to set up tax havens. It's fucking disgusting. And this is part of the reason why I hate, (laughs) this is part of the reason why I hate cryptocurrency so much is that there's no sort of sense of community building or no sense of like a love for people, the people around you, your fucking family. All these people would slit their own brother's throats to get an extra buck. And in fact, the Logan Paul's probably will end up doing that. I feel like that's the end goal of that project, but I want to continue reading from this thing. Mm -hmm. The operation is based on federal emergency management system. Weber said the trailers are labeled with names such as alpha Charlie and echo staff members wear matching black and white t-shirts displaying their roles, disaster case manager, incident support, emergency management. The most colorful trailer is at the entryway where flowers, butterflies, and handmade posters still hang on its walls from Carrizo's first opening in 2019. Which sounds so bleak to me to think about 
these people now being shepherded into these prisons and on their way in, they see this like faded bullshit, like facade that the Trump administration put up these colorful images to make people feel welcome into this prison that they're about to be living in. And it's still there. It's still faded, still the same prisons. And yet now we have to be okay with it. It's, it's repulsive. Yeah. Like when, when people talk about the fascism. Yeah. Of the Trump administration. Um, when people talk about the real fascism, uh, uh, the deportations, ICE, that like that, the the important reason why everyone had to vote him out, um, they were talking about this, um, like right. There's there's no if this remains, then what what was the point? If this remains, if we still have the inadequacy of the way we're dealing with coronavirus and the way, you know, when Texas goes out, like there is no sort of actual relief. It's just like, okay, no, die in your cars until we figure out, a, until you get, until the sun comes out. Like, yeah, what's, what's the difference, man? Like, <laughs> you know, the only difference is now you get a Mexican in charge of the prison camps, remember? Or not a Mexican, sorry, a Cuban. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyways... That was uh that was that was it that was my that was our document that was what we planned for the show yeah today. like we we fun light hearted we can't we can't really like we're we're spotlighting these uh important uh events but it we we can't really delve into it further other because I mean who who are we policymakers like what are we how are we going to solve it? Uh, I, I think yeah. it's important to get this information out there, uh, especially like uh, considering we're in a we're in a space in comics or we're in a uh, in an industry where these subjects aren't really talked about. Right. I mean, the 69ers want to hear about this. The 69ers care enough and we want to give them their <laughs> their uh, Patreon's worth. You know, I talked to my mom about this though, um, this whole thing, because like before I came, before we recorded, I drove over to my mom's place to pick up a, a couple packages. I had bought some art pens, and I bought um, an Eduardo Rizzo book called Chicanos. Have you ever read that? Oh, nice. No, it's sick. Maybe we'll do it on the show. I don't know. I have to read it first. Mm-hmm. But I was talking to her about this, and I was talking to her about you know the Logan Paul thing and how like he's moving to Puerto Rico, and you know my mom was like, yeah, you know it's interesting. Like she's like, oh, who who's moving? like i was like oh is this dude and she's like what race is he I'm like he's white she's like and she goes i knew it i'm like well, why do you say that she's like because she's like because filipinos mexicans puerto ricans these people they care about where they come from they have pride in it they uh you know we were she i was like yeah they have roots she's like right like we got we got the bloody roots like in the fucking sepultura song mm-hmm. like we we are from this earth you know what i mean and to a guy like Logan Paul or these like Bitcoin doofuses, they can like they can travel the world and sort of do things without consequence because that's the way it's always been until the guillotines come out. Right. But, you know, a person like me, I don't want to leave Stockton. I don't want to leave Northern California. I love it here. I love my family. 
I love the the world around me. I have fucking 209 tattooed on my arm for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not it's not just because, you know, it's not because I like the numbers. It's because I love the the place, the people, my friends, my family. And, you know, there's without that, like, what are we? We're not people. Yeah, everyone, everyone I know who has left the island has done it out of necessity. Uh, The people who have left that I talk to, like, uh, fantasize about being able to come back. And I don't want to say, I don't want to say all white people are like this. You know, I'm sure there are plenty of people who got love for where they come from. Yeah. But, but I feel like more often than not, when, when people wonder, like, you know, like why it's so heartbreaking, why people who, who are fleeing their countries because of violence because of wreckage of because of people are becoming climate refugees yeah refugees because of climate because of instability that we've created Mm -hmm. like why why it's so heartbreaking that they're then getting put in prisons on the border it's because these people love where they come from they love they love that place they they have no other option yeah and even even the 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 classic form of let's say illegal immigration i forgot where i where i where i saw this but the classic form of of illegal immigration which was the the mexicans who like would cross the border for work they they originally would do it um to work for the summer and come back that was my grandpa that's what he did so the the staying the staying on the other side of the border occurred when the border started being enforced yeah. Like once you started militarizing or 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 enforcing the problem of the border, you create these the this separation. Like the 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 people who 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 did that uh traveling really wanted to live in their in their home. They just they just wanted to 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 make some money. This is like that 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 type yeah. of attachment to one's home. Mm-hmm. My grandpa, you know, he he lived in like sort of middle Jalisco and he he would come up uh like you said like you know for like a couple months during the season to pick make money, go back home and then he they only settled here in in uh in northern California in San Joaquin Valley because their older sister, my my tia Connie, mm-hmm. she met somebody and they bought a house in in Tracy that way they wouldn't have to go back and forth. They wanted to like settle down and you know, not have to like basically uh, unroot every single time they wanted to make money and like, you know, whatever. So, so she did that. And then my grandpa and my, my Theo Manuel, uh, my, th- my, sorry, my Theo Ruben, my Theo Manuel is my, my other mm-hmm. Theo, but, um, my Theo Ruben and, and my grandpa and my Theo Connie, they bought houses literally right next door to each other when they could, like they lived each one, like, one house after the next to keep that sense of community right because yeah because they loved each other and they had coffee together every single day until my tia connie died and you know they couldn't imagine life without her because that was like their mom you know and i live like a seven minute drive from my mom's house you know so like when i need to go when i want to go visit her it's like seven minutes away it's real easy and shit and i live you know a few minutes away from my brother my sister like you know we people we tend to stay in the same place 
because that's just like the way our our communities are mm-hmm. and the idea that like logan paul like in the video with his friends where they're talking about he's moving from la he had already moved to la from like cleveland or like ohio disgusting place i understand why you would want to leave there <laughs> but moved to california and then now they're moving to Puerto Rico and Jake Paul had already moved to Miami. And I guess they bought a house together in Puerto Rico. So Jake Paul's going to, you got both Paul's by the way. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, no, I, I, I saw that, that, that they went half seas on, on a house, a compound. Yeah. It, yeah. It's not a house. It's a fuck. They probably have a fucking mansion and with their money, they can afford anything on the Island. Right. So like, and they're going to do that leaving their parents behind, leaving their friends behind, leaving, you know, who like there's they have no roots for taxes, for taxes, for taxes, for taxes, because the thought of making the thought of making a million dollars and having to give 13 percent of that to the government to help to help fix the roads, to help poor people that live by you, to help people who can't feed their kids is so disgusting to you. That you would rather go there and ignore them and have them just fucking serve you? It's crazy to me. Yeah, because we're not, it's not going to be helping any of us. It's a different kind of immigration. It's a different kind. It's a different mentality. It's heartbreaking when when people like us have to leave. It to them, it's it's freedom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It it is it is just the current uh, gentrification. The the new colonization as well. Yeah. It's gentrification like on steroids. Anyways, thank you for listening. I think we're done. Yeah. Are, are, are we, I, I did, did, did you want to talk about the, our, our, our new, um, podcast contemporaries? Oh, Barack Obama, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. It's like, Not really, I, I just wanted to like mention them as like the, you know, the XXL freshman class. Oh yeah. Well, it's, it's us and them, right? It's us and them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything to say about it, though. I'm like, you know, I don't really give a shit. Like, Obama is just going to keep doing these little vanity projects. Yeah. I just wanted to say that, like, this is part of my Bruce Springsteen got caught theory. The what? My Bruce Springsteen DUI, he got caught, something worse happened, and now Obama is making him do a podcast. Like, this is my Illuminati theory. Yeah, I, I think it's basically so that, you know, guys like Kurt Busiek, Dan Slott, these type of dudes, they have something that they can listen to. Finally, a podcast for, for the resistance. You know, I have some respect for the drink and draw guys. I don't really have as much respect for the uh, those dudes. Because they're because the drink and draw guys are artists and they and they enjoy beer <laughs> right? and they they've actually done stuff. The resistance writers is the worst is the worst crew in comics for sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We can we we can we can wrap it up. I like I wanted to like crack a little bit more jokes. Uh, I don't know. I don't have any jokes. What jokes? Give me another joke. Like. Who? That's a great joke. Yeah, no, I can see why you stalled the ending. <laughs> what? Who's the Springsteen and who's the Obama? Of us? Yeah, I feel like I'm the Obama. I. Do- uh, can you do an Obama impression? I have a a way of talking that's uh pretty slow, but sometimes I speed it up. All right. Do you, Do you know what Springsteen <laughs> sounds like? 
<laughs> no, I don't listen to Bruce Springsteen. All right. All right, we're done. <laughs> I don't, we're done. I, I have Fuck nothing it. to give you. I don't listen to Bruce Springsteen. I can't. I don't know. I don't have any information about Bruce. I was like, yeah, I'm going to bring something to this episode. <laughs> and it fucking sucked. <laughs> no, no. Honestly, I wish I could is, tell you something. Is, I don't have anything for Bruce. This is already way. This is a long episode already. I said, let's keep it to an hour. <laughs> an hour. <laughs> Listeners, I'm dumb. Nah, no. This this is a good one. Listeners are going to enjoy. We tied it back to comics too. The six, dude. I told you, you were worried. You're like, what does this have to do with comics? I, said, I got you. Yeah, bro. like, what is this majority report? Why are we talking about this? We put in three different comic references in there. We got Iron Man, mm-hmm. Blue Beetle, Spider Man, Spider Man. What and, else? The Iron Man thing and the and the the NFTs. The NFTs, the NFT comics, NFTs. All right, so this was a comics podcast. We did it. We did it. We we tied it in. We got our shit off. Thank you. Why we didn't have to plug our Patreon? We don't. We're listening to it unless you're listening to this after the fact. After in the which fact, case, yeah, we should. You could have heard this like a week ago. Yeah, the, the this news is gonna be old, but if you're listening to this after it's been unlocked or something, uh, this news will be old. We we post. This kind of content on our Patreon, if you want to check it out. Yes. This has been Mex Flintayo Supreme. Take it away. Hell yeah, babies. Yeah.